listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to jump into this. I'm with you. Uh, today and tomorrow, very important sessions. Today's session, um, I've, I've had this, and we talk about it a lot around here, um, but I want to share it with you. Your purpose, your calling is too important for you to put it off. The thing God's anointed you to do, the thing he's gifted you to do, it is too vital. It's too important for you to push it off, to procrastinate, it's time to get started. Um, and maybe you've already started, but it's get, been kind of like crawling along. And that's what today's about. It's time to um, take it to, an, to the next level. And I want to do, you know, there's a lot of things that you could say <clears throat> spiritually to people, you know, that really don't have any necessarily any practical ap- application. You know, we'll just have faith, brother. Just keep believing and You know, it's going to come to pass. You can say a lot of things like that to people. But the key being this, I want to give you action steps that you can begin today, right now, and uh, attack that thing that God's called you to do and take it to the next level. Because you have to live with that mindset that we have a very limited time to do what the Lord's asked us to do. You know, this book, the, uh, I bought this book recently, but it made me think of it because I saw it in the airport again. Do you have this book, Tiff, uh, 4,000 Weeks? Do you have that book? There's a book that I got uh, off of a recommendation, actually from Ali Abdel, uh, 4,000 Weeks. And um, to my understanding, that's like the average lifespan uh, of a human being, 4,000 weeks. And so... Um, I don't know if that's to like somewhere around 80 years old or something, but uh, think about that. If you think about it in the context of weeks, it doesn't seem very long. Like 4,000 is not a lot. You think to yourself like, well, I just spent another week. It's like weeks are, they're flying by like that. Most of you could think about it in the context of your children. If you have children or grandchildren, you know, it's like you blink and they, I'm looking at Maddie, you know, at, at church. She looks like a woman, you know, her hair, hair is beautiful, wanded. And, you know, she's got, she's got her cool outfits that she's buying now from her favorite online stores. And, you know, she's not the little girl with like peanut butter and jelly all over her face in a, in a Cinderella princess dress and glass slippers that are actually plastic that walks into my office and asks me to put on the, the, uh, I had the vinyl from the Disney Cinderella movie. I put it on my, on my uh, record player. And we'd come home, and uh, the first thing we'd do, she'd put her Cinderella dress on and her tiara and her glass slipper uh, shoes, and we'd put that record on in my office, and I'd hold her hands, and I'd dance around with her in the office. And you look down, and, um, you know, that, that feels like yesterday. That feels like, you know, a, a few revival meetings ago. And then you look up, you know, and she's going to be 14 in a few months. Looks like a young lady. And time is flying by. 
I remember bringing Teddy home from the hospital. He was just, you know, little chunk that we put in a carrier and brought home. Seven years old now, big guy. So time's going by quickly. You know, and that 4,000 weeks book wants to make you think about life in a way that it, it makes what you're really supposed to be doing urgent. And, um, and so that's what I'm talking about. You, you'll have this idea. That, I, I mean, literally, if you think about it, people are like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you talk to people and it feels like in your mind, like that the year 2000 was just like a few years ago when you talk to people like, yeah, you know, remember 2000, we crossed over Y2K and all that stuff. And then in people's minds, it feels like it was just like a few years ago. But then you stop and think it was 23 years ago. You know, there's tons of people you interact with weren't even born. They weren't even born. And time is flying. That's the point I'm making. Time is flying and your life, your calling, your purpose is far too important, far too vital to just uh, procrastinate, push these things off to the future. You've got to get going. You've got to do it. The thing God's called you to do, you've got to do it. And so to help you with that, I want to give you these five practical steps today um, that will help you. If you'll apply them, they will help you. So take a minute and share this broadcast with somebody today and uh, get the word out. Help me get the word out. Um, The first thing I really want to talk to you about, and you can help me in the comment section, and I'll give you the scriptures as well. Um, One of the first things, and I have to talk about this first because I see it everywhere. I see this everywhere, and I'm sure you do too, is that people have, even if they have a vision of their purpose and their calling, they might have a dream, but the sad thing is they're waiting on something. I don't know what they're waiting on. It's different for everybody. Some people are waiting uh, for the perfect opportunity. I pulled this Dr. Pepper out and it was frozen. It's expanding or something. It was coming out the top. But just in case, I just drank it down just in case we have an explosion. I'm okay. Um, Last thing we want on the broadcast is a Dr. Pepper explosion. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I'll tell you a story. My parents were staying, just to go off topic for a second, my parents were staying in a hotel doing a revival, and one night in the middle of the night, they heard gunfire. Like, I don't know if it was like somebody was in the hotel, they thought somebody was in the hotel shooting it up. My dad grabs my mom in bed, rolls off the side, and they're down. He's covering her from the gunfire. And it was, he said, it was so loud. It was like somebody had shot somebody. And they're down there on the ground waiting to hear what's going to happen next. And, um, you know, there was no other, no other disturbance. So they got up, you know, called the front desk. You know, what's going on? And the front desk had had no reports. And they were like, well, we didn't, we didn't hear it. They're thinking, this is like, how could you not hear that gunfire? I mean, it was so loud. How do you not hear that? And we've not had any other calls. We didn't hear any gunfire down here in the lobby. So, I mean, went back to bed. I mean, thought... How could you miss that? How could you not hear that? Woke up the next morning and opened the refrigerator and somebody had put the cans of soda up near the freezer and in the night one expanded and just exploded inside the refrigerator. And they thought it was gunfire, jumped out of bed and hit the, hit the deck. 
Um, which is what we didn't want happening on this broadcast today. Um, <laughs> so, um, it does, it does go by fast. And as Glenn said, do important things today. So the, um, the point I want to hit you with first, I see so many people, they may even have, <clears throat> look at that. Ben, Ben calculated it. I'm already 2,790 weeks old. Time to get on what? What did he say? Time to get on the gas. Yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy how fast it goes by. Crazy. But what I want to say, look at that. That only leaves me with 36% of my life to find and serve my purpose based on 4,000 weeks. Let's get started. Yes. That's how quickly life goes by. And so I want to talk to you about this because uh, one of the things, and I'm sure you've seen this, I've seen it. Morning, Sal. Love you. Um, is that people may have a vision. They may have uh, a dream of what they feel like they're supposed to be doing, but then they just never get started because they think they're waiting on something to happen. You know, they're either waiting to be more ready, which is, you couldn't be more vague than that. You know, what does that mean? I'm just waiting to be, till I'm, you know, I'm more ready. I'm waiting for God to open a door. Well, what does that mean? Waiting for God. If he gave you the calling and the purpose, he wants you to pursue. I'm waiting on more resources. You know, I'm waiting on the equipment I need. I'm waiting on, you know, whatever the excuse may be, they're waiting on something that's out in the future that they don't have that they want to get started. Don't do that. The first thing I'll tell you today, the number one most practical thing about attacking your purpose, going to the, taking it to the next level is literally get started today. Do something today. So, you know, I don't know quite what to do. I mean, you may feel like I need to start this business. I, I need to start, I need to start this business. I need to get moving forward. I need, okay. Well, it, I would say with the get started today, because remember the Bible says in James two seventeen, faith without works is dead. So you might say, oh, yeah, man, I'm believing God's going to give me this. Okay. Well then do something because I don't want a dead faith. I don't want a dead faith. I want action attached to my faith that's going to produce a result. It's going to produce a result. So I don't care if the thing you do today is sit down and use some kind of software on your phone to create a logo for your business. I mean, do something today, do something today. Um, I don't care if it's you going on godaddy.com and buying your website name today, you know, whatever it is, do things. And then of course, what you want to do is you want to make a checklist of what needs to be done to get where you're going, right? Because one of the things that we've taught heavily here uh, in practicality, see, because I'm not one of those guys that's, that's going to just tell you, you know, in his time, you know, God's going to do it in his time, just wait on him and the Lord's going to make it happen for you. No, no. Uh, it's like I heard somebody say one time, everybody's waiting on God for example, to make them a chair, but God doesn't make chairs. He makes trees. And then you take the trees and make chairs. God doesn't make chairs. He makes trees. And then you make the chair. So God will give you the resources. God will give you, he's already given you the wisdom. He's already given you the ability. He's already given you the strength, but then he's expecting you to take what he's given you and produce with it. And so you get started today. You know, now we're living in such an age that this is mind blowing to me. I was sitting with somebody uh, that 
I was showing them how you can even now use digital resources and free digital resources that are artificial intelligence resources to help you with your business. If you've never heard of something like ChatGPT, I was sitting with somebody that sells um, insulated concrete forms, ICFs, insulated concrete forms. And I was showing him how awesome this resource was because I said, you know, what if you need to sit and create a sales pitch for your business to say, well, I want to sell these insulated concrete forms to somebody that lives, not just generally, but let's just make it specific, somebody that lives in Ohio. But then not just somebody, what about this? 20-year-old first-time homeowners or first-time home buyers that live in Ohio. And then I showed him how you could actually type that into ChatGPT, and it'll write you a whole bullet-pointed uh, sales pitch explaining what insulated concrete forms are and giving you all the pain points and all of the uh, solution points to sell that product to 20-year-old first-time home buyers in the state of Ohio and all the benefits. Something that would have taken him maybe two, three hours to just write out the way he wanted. And ChatGPT wrote it in about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. So there's all kinds of resources that you can use. You say, well, that'll take so long and I work another job and I get home. Use something like that to help you. And Carissa said it would have taken him two to three business days. Well, I'm, I'm saying two to three hours, okay, Carissa? Because I have faith in Brother Paul. I know what he's capable of. Um, but but it's, it's true. There's so many resources now that can help you to, to do the things you need to do to get your uh, business going, to get your ministry going. You know, and it's something today. Get started today with it. And the reason I say make a checklist is because if you don't have something to visually represent how far along you are in the process of uh, being at the, the finish line where you're fully moving on what you're called to do, then it can be a vague journey where you think, well, and then here's what sets in. I don't really know what to do next. I don't really know what the next steps are. So it's not just about setting a goal. It's about setting a strategy that takes you to that goal. That's a biblical thing. We are to count the cost as we're building anything. We're to know what it's going to take. We're to know. And that's why I've pushed it so hard on this broadcast for so long, is that we need to do it in such a way that we can track where we're at in the process, right? That's why I've always told you to make the goals that you have, the dreams that you have, Make them in such a way, I've encouraged you to use the the SMART goals method so that you can know, you know, that your goals should be specific, not vague, right? They should be measurable. They should be attainable and relevant to your purpose and time sensitive. That's what that acronym stands for, SMART goals. So specific, I'm not just going to lose weight, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. That makes my goal specific. Because if I said I'm going to lose weight, if I lost one ounce, I've accomplished that goal. No, I need a specific goal. And so let's say you're going to start some kind of online store. I say, you know, what? I'm really good at making this jewelry or I'm really good at men. Maybe, maybe one of your hobbies is 
uh, you know, I, I, I like leatherworking and I can really make, you know, journal covers and I can make, you know, holsters for guns and, or, or whatever. And you say, well, I want to sell these things. All right, well, let's say you're going to open an Etsy store. You're going to do an online store on Amazon or eBay or whatever. What steps are needed? You know, God's given you a talent. He's given you a gift. What steps are needed? Well, you got to create the store. You got to have an account. You got to set it up. You know, put your logo up there. You got to get some product shots of things you've already made, right? You're writing these things down. What is it going to take to be, have a fully functioning store? Well, I got to start an LLC. I got to get the LLC started in my state. Well, what's that going to take? Get those things down. I got to start that. I got to get that store up and running. I have to have a bank account open for my LLC. I got to have a way for when people buy things in the store to then deposit that information into my LLC bank account, right? So all those steps are necessary. I have to be able to do that. That's right, an EIN, you know? And so you know the things it's going to take. It's not some vague thing. You know the steps, write them down so that you can check them off as you go. I've got to be able to do this. I need to know what it's going to take. And then don't delay. Go at it with everything you've got. Because you don't realize how important. You know, there's some people say, what? how important could it really be? You know, my leather business on Etsy. How important could it really be uh, to have, you know, whatever, whatever it is. My jewelry that I sell on this. Or look at... Uh, like, for example, I used Brit as the example last time with, with her cake pops business. You say, well, what, what eternal impact does that make? It can make a lot of eternal impact. Even if you did what I did early on in my life and said, Lord, I'm starting this side business simply because I want to have extra income to sow into the kingdom of God. That's why I started that graphics design and marketing uh, business early on in my life. I, I told the Lord, I want to have more money to give to your kingdom. This is going to be an avenue. So I'm asking you to bless this avenue so that I can become a pillar of generosity in the kingdom of God. And I just told him, Lord, if you'll bless this, it'll give me seed to sow. And your word says you give seed to the sower. Jess Burton said, that's why I did real estate in Ohio. She had the same idea that she wanted to have uh, seed to sow and to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Even if you look at it simply from that standpoint, Lord, I'm starting this business, I'm starting this side hustle simply because I want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I wanna push the gospel forward. Lord, I'd like to pay, I'd like by myself, I'd like to pay for a crusade. I would like to be the one who pays. You know, if somebody's believing for you know, the resources to do a missions trip. I would like to pay for the whole missions trip. You know, even if it's that, even if it's, if it's not you specifically just, um, you know, doing the ministry yourself, you're the one that's financing it. And let me tell you, that's a powerful, powerful thing. It's so powerful biblically that the gospel of Luke records the women who traveled with Jesus simply to sow seeds into his ministry. Luke chapter eight, verses one through three. Luke chapter eight, verses one through three. And it lists that there were these wealthy women that ministered to his ministry financially uh, and, and literally sowed. That's all, traveled with him and sowed into his ministry. That's all it talks about. That's all it talks about. Showing you how vital it was that they attached their, their wealth and finances to 
Christ's ministry. So that's going to be you. That's going to be you. I feel like Chris has taken a hold of my brother-in-law Sal's YouTube account. I feel like Chris has taken it and he has run with it. And he's in a closet somewhere with a tablet commenting, my nephew, (laughs) Chris, if it's you, give me a thumbs up emoji. I have a feeling that it's not my brother-in-law Sal putting all the emojis in, but Chris. Um, (laughs) Somebody asked, what is that website? What is that? It's called ChatGPT. You you access it by going to chat.openai.com. If you want to put that in the comments, uh, Tiff, chat.openai.com. That's how you access that website, and it is an app now. You can sign up and use that for free. There's also a, a paid version that gives you a little bit more access to things, but the free version's amazing. And it'll change, it'll help you, because it'll, it'll help you with your business, it'll help you with your ministry, and, and it'll save you time, help you to develop things that quickly that you would have taken a long time to develop on your own, and it has access to things that, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. But uh, what I'm saying is we, we have no excuse in, in this modern day era to not get moving. There, no excuse. You know, if you don't know how to build a website, there's literally an AI now that will build you a website. And you just say like, what, here's the colors I like, here's what I do, build me the site. And it builds the whole site. And then there's another one that'll do all of your search engine optimization. So we have no excuse now to not get going. That's why it blows my mind when I, when I see a church that has no website. They don't have any website and they'll be like, well, we do have a a Facebook page. Yeah, it's 2023. I'm not even asking you to have an app. I'm just asking you to have a website. Don't, how can you tell me that you're going after your city? You're going after, and you don't even have a website. Say, well, Jesus didn't have a website. He would have if they were available. He would have had a website. It always makes makes me laugh. It's like, I've asked people before, like, so what are you doing as far as, as this goes with, uh, you know, your church? Have you done any advertising? Let people know, you know, Jesus didn't need any advertising. Okay. Well, when you're turning water into wine, when, and it's true, if you are raising the dead, if blind eyes are coming open in your church and in your meetings, that is true. Miracles draw people. No question about that. But the people I'm talking about that don't even have a website are not seeing blind eyes open on a regular basis. They're not raising people from the dead at funeral homes. They're not seeing those kinds of miracles. So you may need to let people know you're in town. (laughs) You might want to let people know that you have a church in that area. And so, well, Jesus didn't have a website. He would have if they were available. Jesus does not, uh, not use wisdom. He uses wisdom. He uses wisdom. You know what he used, which was the biggest at the time? Word of mouth. Get out there. He mobilized people. And the things that he, were, that he was doing mobilized people to get out and tell. To get out and tell. And even in the times when he specifically told people, now, listen, my time's not yet come, so don't tell. The people still told. The people still told. Because what he was doing was so great, people had to tell somebody about it. They had to tell somebody about it. And so it's not wrong to let people know what you're doing. 
People act in the body of Christ like it's wrong. If God wants my business or my ministry to flourish, he'll send the people. No, he's giving you the wisdom to do and to let it be known what you're doing. That's right, Ben. He said, nothing creates a networking opportunity like a public miracle. That's right. That's right. I'm going to tell you something. It's true. <laughs> like if you've got a loved one or, or whatever, bring somebody, they're completely blind to your church and the, and their eyes come open people. That word gets out. I'm telling you what it gets out, but don't feel bad. I had a minister tell me, I don't, I don't advertise myself. I let Jesus advertise me. Jesus is not an advertiser. He's not in the marketing industry. Jesus is not going to do your search engine optimization. Jesus isn't going to build your website. Jesus doesn't do any graphic design work. Jesus doesn't do your mail outs for you. Jesus is not going to collect your partners. <laughs> Amen. And God expects us to produce. God expects us to produce. One of the things I was thinking about was Matthew 25 is that the master expected the servants to produce and he left them with talents and said, now here, I'm, I'm resourcing you up now produce with it, go produce with it. And the two of them did what he asked and he was pleased with them. The other one coasted and maintained. That's who I'm addressing today. Don't coast and maintain when the master expects you to produce. Don't coast and maintain when the master expects you to produce, which leads me to number two. Don't just get started today. Number two, engage the, the fruit of the spirit, self-discipline, self-control. Engage that today. So what does that mean? Well, one, some people get started on things because they have passion in that moment, but passion, and I've been there. I know exactly what I'm talking about that you get passionate about a thing, but passion's not gonna carry you forever. That's why we have Quitter's Day every January 18th, because people make, um, people make New Year's resolutions, I'm gonna go to the gym, this is the year that I'll be faithful at the gym. And then the average person by January the 18th has stopped doing their New Year's resolution. And so now there's an actual Quitter's Day. And so it's not about the passion. Anybody can have passion for a short period of time. But what we're looking for is consistent uh, longevity in discipline to get up every day and do the thing. Even if you only did it, you know, 30 minutes a day, every day, you would far outperform most people, 90 some percent of people, because they know what to do. They just don't do it. They know what to do. They just don't do it. That's why I'm saying do the thing, but, but here's the deal. Don't just do it in the moments of passion, do it consistently by discipline as often and every day that you can, you know, I was thinking about this. Let's say, because people, one of the things people say is, well, you know, I have a nine to five job. You know, I, I can't just be the, okay. You've got a nine to five job, nine to five job. That's eight hours of your 24 hour day. That's only a third of your day. How much time do you really need to sleep? Well, eight hours is, is usually recommended. All right. So now that's two thirds of your 24 hour day. But here's the question. What will you do with the other eight hours? Even if you broke that in half and said, I'll take four of those hours a day to truly give 
to my, uh, my vision, my dream, my calling. Four hours a day I'm going to give it. So if you only did that Monday through Friday and you took off Saturday and Sunday, you've just given yourself an extra 20 hours a week. That's a part-time job. If you work 20 hours a week, that's a part-time job. You are now working for yourself for 20 hours a week. The thing God's asked you to do that's going to take you out from under that, uh, you know, being on salary, working nine to five, working for somebody else, working for something that I don't necessarily care about, working for something that doesn't change. And and you give yourself 20 hours a week. You know what's going to happen? As you stay faithful, as you continue to study, as you continue to push forward, that thing is going to continue to increase to the point where you're going to be able to make it your full-time thing. And then you're not going to just make it your full-time thing. It's going to explode to the place where you can't do all the work and you have to start contracting other people to do the work. That's how it works. And it's constant. It's constant. It's constant. One of the things I can tell you is that I've not slowed down because I've been in the ministry for 20 years. If anything, I've sped up. It's like, you know, he, he used to really study a lot when he was in Bible school, but now he's, you know, he's 20 years deep in the ministry. I study more now, 20 some years in the ministry than I did in Bible school. And I studied and read a lot in Bible school, but I'm going to tell you something. I study far more now. I'm engaged in stuff far more now. I'm up till late at night watching, learning how to do things, developing ideas, developing things way more now than I was when I was in Bible school. Way more, because we're not called to stop that. We're we're, we're continually learning, we're continually developing for the rest of our lives, because God's looking for productive people. So what is number two? Number two is that you have to engage self-discipline on a daily basis to get this work done. You're, you're, listen, your calling's too important. Your, vi- your vision, your dream, too important for you to not engage it on a daily basis and give it time. And I mean real time, real time. Listen to uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. We want to run our Christian race. We want to run our life in a way that we're running in order to obtain a prize. And you can apply this obviously to living holy and I'm obtaining my heavenly reward. Yes. But what about the things God's called you to do? I want to receive the prize of his favor. I want to receive the prize of his blessing. So I'm going to be the best possible steward of the thing he's given me that I can. I'm running to obtain that prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul's saying, yeah, I'm the apostle, but I even exercise this self-discipline on a daily basis. On a daily basis, I'm not running for nothing. I'm running to obtain a prize. And so I want you to get this now. This is so amazing to me that if we could cut out the fluff, the excess, the fluff and the excess, we would see such production. Imagine if you were just throwing yourself four hours a day 
into this single thing, whether that be researching that thing, learning more about that thing. I, I don't care what it is. Putting that four hours in consistently, developing that business plan or ministry plan, developing, you know, building a website, building that advertising, finding a way. How are you serving people? What is it that, what problem are you solving for people? Develop it. All right, now I'm solving this problem for people so that they don't have to do it and I become a valuable thing to them. See, because that's the thing that, when I, when, what we're talking about right now, what issue, what problem are you solving for people? What is it that you're offering that's going to be a help that makes people want what you've got, desire what you have? You know, what is it? What is it? You know, one of the things that, um, and I was listening to this guy teaching people that wanted to become photographers. You know, he said, um, uh, you know, there's people that don't know how to get clients when they start out being a photographer. He said, you know, you may have to get some permissions to do this, but he said, make yourself look as business professional as possible. Meaning, you know, if you have to make some, some polo shirts that have your photography business so you look official and a hat so that you look like you're from a photography company, he said, you can go to, you know, if they'll allow you, you can go to high school, sporting events, whatever. You can take pictures of, of and whatever, people's kids and, you know, doing basketball, football, soccer, and then let people know, hey, these are all available to you. Uh, I wanted to just do that as a way. It's a free thing. You're serving a purpose. People want those pictures. They want their kids. They want to be able to frame those things. You say, hey, I'm making these all available online. Here's the download code. You have cards already printed out. Here's the download code where you can go and get all of the images uh, of this game. If you'd like to have them to print out, I'm releasing any copyright on the images. And then all of a sudden, you already have people's attention because you're giving them something they already wanted, and now they're thinking about you. Remember that guy that did those great pictures? We should see if he can do family pictures. We should see if he can do senior pictures. We can, you know, whatever it might be. What problem are you solving for people that makes them want you, makes them desire what you have? See, and so we're using what? We're using our Number one, we're going to get started. Number two, I'm going to self-discipline myself, but what? Number three, I'm going to use wisdom. That's the third thing. I'm going to use wisdom. And this is, these are areas God will help you with, yes. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. So yeah, there are some ideas like this that, that will push you forward. Brainstorm these things. You've got the mind of Christ. You've got the Holy Spirit guiding you. So don't wait, you know, think about it, brainstorm it. Say, what, what, what things could I do? What, what are some ideas that I could do to get, to get me out there for people? One of the things I did when I put my first book out ever, I noticed like when you go to the bookstore, Barnes and Noble, whatever, sometimes when you buy a book, there's like a little card in there that says like, you know, because you purchased this book, you get, you know, 20% off of this, this book or whatever. It's like a promotion or they may have it at the desk up by the checkout. Uh, here's, here's a card or a little flyer that's, that's about this big, 20% off this book. If you like, this is our book of the month or whatever. I printed out my own professional looking little cards that were, that were about business card size that had the picture of my new book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat on it. 
And I said, uh, you know, because you've purchased this book, you now get this book. I had, I had like a discount code on the card. You, you now get this book for 20% off. And then on the back was like a description of the book. I, I printed, you know, like a thousand or 2,500 of those little cards. And I had my youth group go into the local Barnes and Nobles, into the Christian section, and just sit there stuffing all the Christian books with that card. Just stuffing it into every, into Joel Osteen books, Joyce Meyer books, everybody, T.D. Jake's books, stuffing every one of those books somewhere in there with that business card that looked like a flyer that caused my book to be 20% off of them. They don't know. They don't know any different. The people that buy it don't know any different. They just see, oh man, I, I get, I get access to this book uh, for 20% off because I bought this book. They don't know. They don't know that Barnes and Noble didn't put that in there, that my youth group guerrilla marketed and put it in all those books. They don't know that, but it's an idea. It's an idea to get it out there. What are ways to get it out there? I was with the church and the church said, you know, one of the things we do, and of course it depends on if you're allowed to do this or not, but you could go, uh, close by, um, a lot, of, a lot of these, because businesses support uh, these sports teams, like your high school sports teams, varsity sports teams, they have boosters, they have people that are, uh, that are, that are giving or whatever. And uh, one of the things they may let you do on those hot summer days when the, they got football games going on and you have to watch because concession stands may not allow it, but one of them things they did, they put up a tent, did free hot dogs, you know, <clears throat> free bottles of water with the church information. I'll tell you, you, another place you could do it, if, if you don't want to do it where there's concession stands and like schools selling for, for money, you could go to the, the city league, uh, you know, city league softball or whatever, and you're out there, water, giving out free waters to people. You have a church logo on it, church name on it, give them a flyer with it, invite them to church. So I don't know how to get people to know about church. All right, there's a way. Just go out. Get them, get them bottles of water on those hot, those hot summer nights when they're doing all that stuff. There's always something that you can do and God will give you wisdom. Well, a friend of mine shared a story with me. I, I thought this was a very good idea that, uh, and you've heard me say it, when, when they would have first time guests come to their church, one of the things on the first time visitor card was what are your favorite pizza toppings? What are your favorite pizza toppings? And um, the, the visitor would write that in. And um, so they knew already what type of pizza they liked and that someday during the week they would call them up and they'd say, hey, we were so thankful to have you at the church. Um, we would like to buy your family uh, dinner this week, whenever day is best for you. We wanna send pizzas to the house. What day would be best for you? We already have all your favorite pizza toppings. And that, I mean, what a great idea. That even makes people feel like, man, they really love us, they care about us. I've never had a church do that before. I've never had a church do that before. And so there are things you can do and God will give you wisdom. If you, the Bible says, if you don't have wisdom, ask God for it. He gives it to every man liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. Will not rebuke them for asking. So there are things you can do to get your business out there, to get your ministry out there, whatever it might be. And it takes wisdom. It takes wisdom to do these things. And then, you know, if we're not trying to access. Again, I said, now, man, people don't have any excuse because, you know, even if you did what I did for my friend, Paul, and showed him how you can use a resource like ChatGPT to do your research for you, 
to write your copy for you, to write your sales pitches for you. To, I mean, I, I just talked with an executive pastor who's in charge of all of the behind the scenes of the church. I said, man, have you ever had to sit down and try to write out a church agenda for a, a staff meeting? He's like, yeah, it's one of my least favorite things. I said, watch this. I went into ChatGPT, had it write a Christian church staff meeting that could last no more than 60 minutes and had it time each bullet pointed thing, even wrote a prayer to close at the end in Jesus name. And this thing was in 30 seconds, he had a full, see what I mean? It, it, it's things you can do to use wisdom to save your time so that you're not spinning your wheels, you know, when you could be doing other things that are uh, even more valuable to you with the time that you have. Because again, time is your greatest resource. Time is your greatest resource that you've got. You've got to guard it. You've got to use it well because your life is important. Your life is vital. So access the wisdom that's available to you. Access, seek after wisdom. Seek after wisdom. I'll tell you another thing. Uh, number four is this. Cultivate a spirit of excellence. Put that in the comments. Cultivate a spirit of excellence. That's number four today. I can't say enough about this one. I can't. Because what we do for God, we should do to the best of our ability. To the best of our ability. With everything we've got, we cultivate a spirit of excellence. The reason I say that, well, let me read you the verse of scripture. It's in the book of Colossians chapter three. If you've never read this before, this will bless you. Colossians chapter three, verses 23 and 24. Colossians chapter three, verses 23 and 24. Listen to this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Think about that. You are serving. It, it doesn't say when you're doing ministry work, it says whatever you do. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. That means work as though Jesus is your boss. Work as though Jesus is your manager and that he's the one that's going to be inspecting all of your work. That's why Christians should be the best workers that there are. Christians should be the best workers that there are by far. The most excellence in their work. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. They should be head and shoulders above the rest when anybody in authority looks to see who's doing the best in this office. Who's doing the best on this site? Who's doing the best? They should see, oh man, those ones. Oh man, they're all Christians? All of them are Christians? Man, that's wild. Yeah, we should be the best at every job. The best, the most productive, the most resourceful, the best attitudes, the best help should be us. Hardest workers. Why? Because we're working as unto the Lord, as though Jesus is my boss, because he is. He's inspecting my work. He's not just inspecting my ministry work. He's inspecting all of my work, all of my work. And so I should, I should pursue that. And I'm thankful for this. One of the things, do I have? Yeah, there we go. 
you know, if we had a church culture guide, we created a church and come in close. We had a, we created a church culture guide for Miracle Word Church. What you say, why did you do that? You know, just as you're launching the church, the reason I did it is because I want people to know right off the bat, this is what our church is about. This is what our church is about. And I gave them, we call this the H9 system. I gave them nine things that define our church. Well, first of all, just doing this is done with a spirit of excellence. But I want them to know that number one, we're happy people. We're humble people. We're, we hustle. We're diligent, faithful. We're, we honor. We're helpful. We're hungry. We're holy. We're hospitable. We're heavenly minded. I want people to know that we give God the best of what we are, the best of what we have. And I explain it inside. I explain it with scriptures. I explain it with different references. I give them a, a, a heads up from the top why this is all important. Why? Because if we're going to operate in excellence, you have to define what excellence looks like. Say, so what, what do you mean by that? Because excellence is a relative term depending on who you're speaking to. Thank you, Julie. Excellence is a relative term depending on who you're speaking to, depending on how they were raised, depending on what they think is excellent. You say, well, you know, I thought I was operating in a spirit of excellence. And you realize, man, I've never truly seen excellence before. And one of the things that makes me happy, and I'm not saying this to brag on me, if anything, this is me bragging on the team, the Miracle Word team, because they're doing all of the major work at the church. And I'll have people come in and, they, and you know, we, we just closed up being three months of a church. People come in, it's like, man, I can't believe you guys are a new church. They can't believe it. People that watch us online, our extended family, people that watch the church services. Man, I can't believe you guys are a new church. Man, you're, you're, you're a new church? This is a brand new? Feels like you've been a church for years. We get those comments. Feels like you guys have been a church for years. People can't believe when they log on to the live stream of our church, especially knowing we don't, we're not in a building yet. We're meeting in a hotel ballroom for a while. We were in the convention center and they see the, the production level. And they say, really, you guys are a new church. You got, and, and you're, and they can't believe how good the live stream looks. They can't believe how good the mix on the live stream is. They can't believe that we air our worship at the church on the live stream. Most churches won't do that. They'll start later or whatever. I say, man, you guys do that. Yeah. They can't believe the level of production we've had. We've had them tell us does not feel like you're a new church. Feels like you've been around for a long time. And we're doing all that in a hotel ballroom where our, our team with a spirit of excellence shows up at the door at 6 a.m. and begins to set up. That means they're getting up at three o'clock in the morning, getting ready, driving almost an hour north to where our church is, getting everything, picking up the box truck, coming to the place, unloading the box truck, setting everything up. Let me tell you, that is excellence a spirit of excellence. Go back and look at the pictures. Go back and look at the pictures from yesterday for our Freedom Sunday. Go back and look how excellently they had set that place up. Go look how beautiful everything was. And people notice it. We hand things out at the door. People know we're not playing games. We're here to make a change. And we're doing it with the spirit of excellence. Why? Because I want to honor God. This is God's house. I want to honor him with what we're doing for him that he's called us to do. 
He gave us the gifts. He gave us the talents. And now we're executing with excellence. We're executing with excellence. But a lot of times you have to define what that means. That's why we did a culture guide. So we're, we're living by a spirit of excellence here practically are nine ways to do that. Here's what we mean when we say that we have a culture of excellence at the church. Amen. Thank you, Julie. And I'm telling you, Yeniel said, even my son noticed you work in excellence just by hearing you in the background. Thank you. And I'm telling you that it matters that we give God our best and we operate because Jesus is the one we're serving. Jesus is the one. And I'm not going to wait and be like, well, you know, when we get in the building, we'll start operating in excellence. No, from the outset, people showed up on launch Sunday and could not believe it. They could not believe it. And again, I'm not saying this to brag on me. I didn't do any of the work. I have a wonderful team that did all of the work. I showed up and preached. And they, and they did. Why? We're imparting a spirit of excellence. That also should mean that you hang with people who have a spirit of excellence, that you surround yourself with people who have a spirit of excellence. I don't want people that don't care hanging around me. I don't want people that just don't give a crap to be a part of my circle because I'm not that none of that's rubbing off on me or my team. We are excellent people. We do everything as under the Lord with excellence, full excellence. And, and one of the things Thank you, Brother Kevin. Brother Kevin said, from the first service, the spirit of excellence was evident. Thank you. And I'll tell you, to see, to see the, what God's doing and adding people to the church, I'm telling you, it's a supernatural thing. And so we've made up in our mind that we are not going to say, well, you know, we're a new church, give us time. No, we're gonna, we're gonna operate like we've been a church for 20 years. We're going to do everything we can with excellence at the highest possible level that we can. And I'll tell you what, the Bible gives us a promise that if we'll be faithful over a little, he'll make us ruler over much. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. I mean, this is obviously not my goal because, you know, thank God for 150 people. But, you know, that, that's a wonderful thing. That's already almost, almost triple of what the average Sunday morning service is in America. You think about that. Now that's not, I'm not setting my goal at, you know, but think about the fact that the average church has 60 people in it on a Sunday morning service in the United States of America. The average church, 60 people. I think it's down from like 85. I mean, we need 30 more people. We've tripled the average of the nation. Tripled the average. That's not my goal. That's not where we're headed. We'll have thousands. Our, our, our first thing is we're saying, Lord, give us a tithe of the city, 12,000 souls. Give us 12,000 souls. And we'll, we'll see 12,000 souls saved. We will see it. We will see it. But right now, as we're growing, we're faithful over little. Faithful over little. We don't have 60 people. That blows my mind because we've only been around for, th- how, how did anybody even know? but they're finding out we've not in it. Let me just tell you, we've not even done any paid social media advertising yet in the city, not any. And we're getting ready to start that, that next level with excellence, with excellence. And I'm telling you that even without that, it's amazing to see people being added every single week. First time guests every week. 
And people are they're like, man, this is, well, I have people tell me this week, this is amazing. I've, I've never, I, I'm going to make this my, I'm, I found my church home. There's people that drive from far away, far away, far away. When I say far away, I'm talking, there are people that drive one way, like, well, let me look it up. Because this, to me, to say this to you is mind-blowing. Listen to this. Directions from, I spoke to them again yesterday. So one way, two hours, two hours. Scroll back up one time, a little bit. Oh yeah, no, I'm doing that, AJ. We're gonna do some, some funny stuff. But two hours, scroll down to Jessica's. Yeah, that's who I'm referring to, Jess, Homestead. That's two hours one way. We have people that drive two hours. That means they have a four hour day every Sunday. And they told me yesterday, man, we're so happy to be here. It's very worth it. It's very worth it. That makes me happy. Makes me happy. Kevin said, Pastor said, now that Tim and I are here in Florida, we're so excited to be a part of Miracle Church. And we'll say, yeah. And they just moved in. Yesterday was Kevin and Tammy's first Sunday as they moved in from, uh, from the Roswell area in Georgia. And it's, I'm telling you, God keeps adding people to supernatural and, and excellent people, people with excellence in their spirit, because you attract what you are. You attract what you are. So think about that. Four hours. See that, Yanil? Yanil said, I live closer than Homestead, so that's confirmation. They're driving from Homestead. We have people driving from Miami every single week to West Palm Beach to be a part of the church. And I'm telling you, people are coming from Jupiter, people are coming from Port St. Lucie, people are coming from you know, Lake Worth, all over the place. Why? Because it's a spirit of excellence and they can sense the anointing. They can sense the anointing. Let me give you the final one, and that is this. Remain humble and teachable. Humility and teachability. Those two things are so vital, I can't even begin to tell you I can't even begin to tell you. Humility and teachability. These two things, if you want to go to the next level, you say, well, how do you know that that's important in going to the next level? Because the opposite of those two things causes you to get demoted, pushes you down. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's why at 41 years old, I'll be 41 this year in August. At 41 years, I'm not acting like I know everything. I am still actively searching for information, actively searching to learn and gain wisdom, looking for answers. Even if I feel like I've seen ministry for 40 years, I, it would be a mistake for me to be like, oh, I know everything. I've seen, I've seen it all. I know how. No, there are those beyond me that I'm in regular contact with that are doing far more than me. And I listen to their instruction and I'm doing what they've asked me to do because they say, hey, you'll, they don't care to manipulate. They don't even have time to manipulate. They wanna see me grow. They wanna see us go to the next level when they say, hey, you should do this. This is gonna be, this will be a blessing. All right, I'm doing it, we're going higher. That's right, AJ said, the moment you quit learning, you're already finished. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's why, uh, you know, even as a minister, I felt, I felt to start heavily looking in 
to all, all of this stuff about artificial intelligence because I realize now it's not a fad, it's not going away, it's here to stay. And there are gonna be lots of things, there already are. I mean, I've already found well over 80 tools, 80, eight zero. I've already found well over 80 tools that would greatly help any church, any ministry, any business, if they would just use it. Thing is, people don't care to learn it, they don't care to know it, they don't care to use it. And the thing, I mean, you know, what I told you today about ChatGPT is just scratching the surface of what's available for churches and ministries and businesses. Just scratching the surface. But I made up my mind, I know it's not a fad. It's, it's not gonna, it's not here and gone. It's here to stay. If you were to see the things that I've seen, your mind would be blown. Your mind would be literally blown because it's here to stay and it's gonna make even churches with smaller staffs, even ministries with only a couple people working with them, it's gonna allow people to accomplish so much more than they ever have for the kingdom of God because they have these tools now and many of them for free many of them for free. It's going to change children's curriculum. It's going to change the way that you research. It's going to change the way that you create uh, advertisements. It's going to change the way that you promote yourself in the city. It's going to change your website. It's going to change your search engine optimization. It's going to change everything. The way you design the rooms of your church, it's going to change everything. And it's free and people don't even know it's there. But I'm remaining teachable. I'm remaining humble enough to see there's things I don't know that are being developed on a daily basis. And I'm learning because I'm not going to fall behind. I'm not going to fall behind. I'm not going to be one of those pastors that's like, well, my young people are telling me about this new thing that's out and I have no idea. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do it. And they are telling me about new things that are out that I don't know about yet. But I'm going to know. I'm going to know. Because I'm not going to get to the place where I've capped myself and I, I can't move forward any further because I don't know how to use the technologies that are being developed. I'm going to use everything I can use to see the kingdom of God spread, to see the kingdom of God make an impact. You know, it's, it's, you know what's crazy? Looking at all that and realizing what's going on is that there are so, I mean, so many things that people don't even think about. If, if I started to share it with you, people's minds would be like, that's, that's like a movie. That's like a movie about the future. Yeah, it is a movie about the future because it's here and it's here to stay. I mean, it's here to stay and I'm encouraging you, keep learning, keep pressing in, be humble, be teachable, find out everything you can find out, find out the tools that'll help you. You know, don't be, don't be slow to say, you know, I, I, I'll finish with this. I hate when people say, well, I'm just not good with that stuff. I'm not, I'm just not good with computers. I'm just not good with it. Get good with it. I don't like hearing Christians say, well, I don't really know how to do that. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the Holy Ghost who teaches you all things. He teaches you all things. What you really get down to is realizing people don't want to learn. They don't want to spend the time. They don't want to develop. That's fine. If you don't want to develop, you don't have to, but I want to, and I will continue to. If Jesus tarries, I'll still be learning things when I'm 80 years old. You've, that's right, Glenn. You've got the mind of Christ. You've got the Holy Ghost. He teaches you all things. You know, I, I love Brother Glenn. Karim, he'll talk to me. And Brother Glenn is, 
I mean, we won't say his age, but he's older than me by a little bit at least. And he, what the point I'm making is brother Glenn's not 20. Brother Glenn's not 21. But I'll tell you, you talk about things like cryptocurrency and people think, well, that's all them young people talking about crypto and NFTs. And, you know, I just don't understand that stuff. Glenn understands that stuff more than I do. And neither of us are in our 20s. <laughs> he, he's, he's got kids with, uh, with kids. And Glenn understands that stuff far more than I do and has the mind of Christ and didn't say, well, I'm in my 50s. I don't understand all that crypto nonsense. No, he understands it. He's explained it to me at lunches and shown me how, I mean, I got this, this, and this. This is how this works and this, you know. He said, well, you know, I can't really do that. I'm, you know, I'm beyond. No, don't talk like that. Don't think like that. You've got the mind of Christ. You've got the Holy Ghost who teaches you all things. And you can know no matter what age you are, I can easily grasp that. I can easily understand that because the Holy Spirit helps me to understand. Amen. Helps me to understand, helps me to know, gives me the wisdom, gives me the knowledge. Amen. I don't need, as, as the Bible says, John wrote this, that any man should teach me for the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. He is your guide. He is your teacher. You're going to another level. You're going to another level. Your business, your ministry, your life, you're going to another level. Let me encourage you, get started with something today. You know what you're called to do. You know you've got a a passion, a desire, a heart for God to do this thing that you feel. You feel it and you're like, man, I know one day I'm going to get started. Do something. I don't care what it is. I don't care how small. Do it today. Even if today's the day that you create the checklist and say, here's my end goal, here's the steps it's going to take to the end goal. Even if the only thing you do today is put that checklist together and start your strategy meeting of how I'm going to do what God called me to do. Do it today. Get started today. Even if you can't block out the four hours a day, like I said before, even if you can only block out two a day, give yourself the two hours and say, I'm going to take 10 hours a week, Monday through Friday, two hours a day after my work, and I'm going to go after it. God's going to take you through your faithfulness and your diligence to the next level. You watch what God does in a short period of time. Not to mention, this is our year of transformation. This is our year of transformation. We're going to get to the end of this year and not be able to believe how much God did in such a short period of time. It's going to be mind-blowing. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person in the Victory Tribe, those listening, those watching. If they've not yet felt that call, that purpose, that desire, that idea, today speak to your people, let them hear you clearly about what you have planned for their life, their calling, their purpose. And then Lord, give us the boldness and the urgency to attack it with everything we have and to please you with our actions. We work as unto the Lord. We know you're the one who judges our actions from eternity. And so Lord, let everything we do be done as unto you with excellence and with purpose to push the kingdom of God forward in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.